Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Anna Marsh, and today I'm going to do a slightly different episode. And before I explain how this episode is going to run, I'll quickly just talk you through a little backstory. So some of you may or may not know that before I started the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery podcast, I had a lot of podcasting experience. For several years, I ran a podcast called Kombucha and Color with my friend Shay Dyer, and that was much more like a general health podcast. We talked often about certain sort of functional medicine concepts, but it was quite diverse in terms of lifestyle, mindset, creativity creativity, spirituality, more kind of coachy type of topics. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you can still listen to that podcast. It's no longer active in terms of we're no longer publishing new episodes, but it's still available. All the episodes are there for you to download and listen to. So if you're curious, you can check that out. And actually, before I did that podcast with Shay, I was also co-host on another podcast with Rue Anderson, which was much more about health and lifestyle and fitness. I can't even remember now what it was called. I think it was the Exceed Nutrition Podcast, but I could totally be wrong. Um, but that's just another, um, just by the by sort of um, explanation. But Anyway, when I was doing the podcast with Shay, one of the things we would do each year around the new year is we would do a little journaling exercise and we would share the questions with our audience as part of the podcast. And then we would also share our answers to the questions. So this is just a really nice annual, I guess, stock take or annual reflection that you can do, which is why this um, this episode is getting published around the new year, because it is often in the new year that people take the time to self-reflect and think a little bit more about, um, you know, what they want from the year going ahead or the year moving forward. So it is not New Year now at the time that I am recording this. It's actually the 18th of November or the 17th of November. And um, my birthday is the 20th of November. So I like to do this exercise around my birthday each year. And um, so I have done the exercise and I thought that for today's podcast episode, I'll just share the questions with you. So you could also do the exercise yourself if you wanted to, but more importantly, um, to share my answers. And I guess this this um, episode is going to be a little bit more from the heart. Um, I obviously know what I've journaled about and I know that some of the things that I've got to say do feel a little bit vulnerable um you know it's quite um everything is quite all out in the open but yeah one of my values is to be open and authentic and um I hope you will enjoy the episode so there are 10 questions and I will include the questions in the show notes if you want to see all 10 questions written down together, you can do that. But then um, I'll read out the each question one at a time and then I'll share and I'll talk a little bit about my answers. Just to say that we seem to have some banging going on next door, so I hope that's um, not going to be too disturbing in the audio. 
And um, because this is a journaling exercise, I also have my little journal here. So you may also hear some pages rustling as I flick through the different pages. So the first question is, what did you love in the last 12 months? And I, I always kind of find this quite easy to answer. And my favorite things are just swimming in the sea. And fortunately, I live just a 10 minute walk from the beach. And once upon a time, that walk wasn't even actually that possible for me because it's quite a steep hill to get back up from the beach. But now I'm able to do the walk. It's much more accessible. So my favorite things were swimming in the sea. I love summer and I'm a summer baby. So just the warm weather, getting up to see the sunrise in the morning because I am a morning person, beginning to move more again. So as my health and capacity has continued to increase, just being able to do weights and walking and hiking and traveling to London to do my somatic experiencing training. And then more from a work perspective, one of the things I've really been loving recently has been facilitating the Nurturing Resilience Nervous System Program. We're only a couple of weeks into the program at the time I'm recording this, and we've had two group calls, and those group calls have just been really, really lovely. I'm just enjoying teaching the content. I'm enjoying seeing how the content is landing, the experiences that everyone is having, the things that they're sharing, the discussions that we're having in the group. So I've really, really been loving that um, as we've been coming towards the end of the year. So the next question is, what were some of your magical moments? What was magical and extraordinary? And for me, the most magical times are the times that I spend in nature especially by the sea, because I'm a Scorpio, I'm a water sign. So anywhere near water always feels particularly magical for me. And it's not about the big extravagant moments, at least not anymore. It's much more for me about lots of little tiny moments and having the ability to slow down in the day and really notice them. So it could just be a beautiful morning down by the sea, or it could be maybe raindrops falling on the ocean, or it could be a sunrise, or sometimes when I walk down through the chine and to the beach, maybe just like a random feather will float down through the sky and land on my body and just appreciating that. And there's a little fox which tends to hang around our area and sometimes if I get up very early and when it's still quite quiet you know I'll see the fox in the morning and that always feels a little bit special and you know sometimes it's also just little things like feeling the sunshine on my face feeling a mug of hot coffee or hot tea in between my hands after a cold swim so what I really wanted to say about this was that these are just like tiny pleasures and one of the things that I invite my clients to do is to start to seek the things in life that are pleasurable, or if we're using more nervous system language, seeking the things that are resourcing to the nervous system. And there was once a time in my life where I would have to push everything to the extreme. You know, I would go to my limits and beyond. And this healing journey for me has been about 
becoming more sensitive to the small nuances of life instead of having to push to my limits to create an experience of anything at all. And so part of me building capacity in my nervous system and part of me building more regulation in my system and part of me healing has really been starting to tune into these small moments. I probably would have in previous years when I've done this exercise, the magical moments would have been like these big events. And there's nothing wrong with big events. I'm sure I would have said about the time I climbed a mountain in Bali or, you know, hiking through the jungle in Sri Lanka, like those kind of very big, profound moments. But I, and not to say that there's anything wrong with appreciating the magic of those profound moments because they were magical and they were profound, but it's having the flexibility to also find the magic in the, the teeny tiny moments that we all have every day, no matter how well or unwell our experience may be. So the next question, question number three is, what did you accomplish in the last 12 months? And this is always a little bit of a tricky one because um, obviously this is where our inner achiever may start to become very loud. And if you're in a position in your health where you feel like maybe you haven't been able to achieve very much on paper, this question could feel a little bit activating. Or I know in previous years, I would have been like, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, tick, 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 tick. Whereas now I know I've achieved lots of things over the past 12 months. But the number one thing I wrote down when I answered this question was three words, so much healing. And I think that has been my biggest accomplishment from the past year. I think it's been my biggest accomplishment from the past several years, but I think I've really started to appreciate and notice the difference this year, more so than any other year. And probably it's just because I am now closer to a full embodiment of my health. But generally speaking, the capacity of my nervous system has expanded. There is no doubt about that. I'm so much more self-aware. I'm so much more attuned to what I need. I'm so much more honoring of myself. I just know myself better and I'm not afraid to give myself what I need. I have better boundaries. Sometimes they can be a little bit overly rigid if I'm being honest. And I'm much more regulated as a consequence. Um, and as a consequence of all the work that I have done on my own nervous system, I believe I'm a better space holder and I'm a better co-regulating force for my clients as well. Then there's obviously some very practical things as well. And kind of side by side with my own healing journey, I've been going through a lot of transformation in my business as I've started to really embody and fully step into this role of helping others with their own fatigue recovery journey. I've been practicing nutritional therapy and functional medicine for, it'll be 14 years next year. And in that time, I've done loads of different work in different areas with different cases and lots of different health conditions. But my experience with chronic fatigue was what really made me want to step into this niche specifically. And it's not an easy niche to work in at all because it's so complicated and so challenging, or it, it can be, shall I say. Some of my clients are actually super straightforward. Others can be really complicated and really challenging. And it takes time. 
And most people don't really want to be told that it takes time. They want a quick fix. They want to save as much money as possible. There's so many, um, there's so many different aspects to consider that are involved and it's challenging work, but it's also work that I really love. And across the past 12 months, one of the big things that I did was I hired a business coach. So since I took my business online in 2012, I've always worked with coaches and um, I really believe in coaching. I know coaching gets results when it's obviously the right coach for you. And um, just the accountability, the support, I know that when I'm invested in that, it really makes a difference. But while I was having my chronic illness experience, I just didn't feel like I had the capacity to work with a coach because I didn't have the capacity to be pushed or to push myself. So I took a step back and I kind of rode the wave of all the things I had learned previously and my business was okay but it wasn't really growing. If anything, I would say it was probably very, very slowly depreciating (laughs) instead of actually expanding and becoming more successful. And also just to say that that was a contraction that was necessary. I've been, as I said, in this business for 14 years. But prior to that, I worked as a personal trainer while I was doing my nutrition studies. So um, I've I've never had a real job. I like to say I've been self-employed my whole life. And I know that whenever there are periods of constriction, we need to honor the constriction because it's helping us move towards the expansion. So when there is a healthy flow in life, life ebbs and flows between contraction and expansion and contraction and expansion, just like a healthy nervous system flows between contraction and expansion and contraction and expansion. So with lockdown, with the changes in my health, with the slow contraction of my business, I knew that was preparing me for the next expansion and it was helping to channel my energies And where those energies needed to be channeled was to decide to step fully into this niche. And that's why I hired Sophie. And I also hired Sophie because, and I'm sure this will resonate with a lot of you, is that um, I really needed financial stability. And when you've been self-employed to a certain extent, you know, when when you've been self-employed for as long as I have, you are kind of just conditioned to a certain amount of instability. And I think that instability is something that has played a role in my health because it is inherently stressful. And even though my nervous system is conditioned to that instability, it doesn't mean that it's um, the optimal experience for my body. So I really wanted to have financial stability, especially after having spent so much money on my health and invested so much money on my health and spent a lot of my savings on my health as well, I was just feeling called to bring more abundance into my life. Maybe that's a way of saying it. And so the process with Sophie was actually a really big investment financially. I had to take a huge chunk of my savings to pay for it. And I also had to trust that it was um, an investment worth making. But from that process, so much good has come. And, um, you know, some of the things we did together, I won't talk about this in too much detail because it might not be interesting for everyone. You can always skip this part if it's not. But if you run a business, it might be interesting, is um, tracking my time. 
So Sophie had me track every single thing I did in my business from answering emails, from ordering tests for clients, responding to client emails, client calls, marketing, just all the different things that one has to do when one runs one's own business. Um, she made me track my time. And from that was a very powerful exercise to see where I spend the most time in my business and how much time I spend per client. And it was very eye-opening because I realized how much time I spend per client. Um, and the encouragement from her was to reevaluate my packages and my pricing to reflect the depth and the time and the intimacy that I put into each person that I work with. And so from that process, we upgraded my one-on-one -on -one offer. That's my six-month fatigue recovery package. And then I also created two new offers. So that was the fatigue recovery roadmap, um, which is a just a shorter introduction to working with me, which is great for people if they, they, they need my help, but they don't want to commit to like a long-term program or they want to dip their toe in before they make decisions about longer-term commitments. And then more recently, also launching, launching the Nurturing Resilience Program, which is the Nervous System Group Program, um, which, as I said, we've just started it. But so far, it just feels really great. It feels like I've kind of really nailed down a very simple collection of offers, which are perfect for serving the people that I want to serve. So that has been something huge. And it really has taken a whole year to get to this point where we've restructured the business. I had a new website created. We nailed down the offers. We systematized everything. I launched my podcast. I reignited my blog. So there's been loads of things which have happened this year. And it really feels like some very strong, solid foundations have been set for 2023. Then a big accomplishment this year has been facing one of my fears. And I'll actually go into this in a little bit more detail when I talk about challenges, but this is also kind of like a business related thing where I really felt like I had failed. And it was a horrible experience to move through, but moving through it has made me so much stronger. So I'll go into more detail on that in a moment, but I'll just talk about some of the other accomplishments, which were um, definitely deepening into my somatic experience training, my trauma training, and just increasing my experience working with nervous systems. Also, just taking the big leaps in my healing that I've taken and building my physical and emotional capacity so much in the past year, starting to build financial stability. As I said, one of the reasons why I started working with Sophie was to build that financial stability, but it took time. And there were several months when I was living off of my savings, which fortunately I had, um, just while we were starting to lay the foundations, put the wheels in motion, and then say, now I'm kind of at the point where things are just starting to build and hopefully there'll be more um, stability to come from that moving forward. So the next question, which is question number four, if you're keeping track is what would I want to duplicate? And where the previous question I answered with three words in this one, I just answered with one. And the word I put was patience. And 
when the reason why I put the word patience was because my accomplishments from the year have been built on the foundations of patience. And I am not a patient person at all. I always want everything done. Yesterday, I can't even walk slowly. I had to learn to walk slowly when I had chronic fatigue. But, you know, I'd always be power walking, doing things a million miles an hour, just wanting things done yesterday, getting really frustrated, angry if things weren't done exactly on time. You you know the drill. Um, But as the capacity of my nervous system has expanded, so has my capacity for patience. And I'm able to sit with the discomfort of slowness and space. Before I couldn't tolerate slowness or space. But now actually I kind of like slowness and space and I have a much greater capacity for it. And I also have the capacity to let things happen instead of make things happen so much more. And this is where the patience that I agreed I would have with myself is, has been converted into patience with taking the time to really build the foundations that my business needed, having patience with my healing journey to kind of slow things down and not be jumping around to the next test or the next supplement or, you know, trying to make things happen faster, but just to be a little bit more in the process. And I really feel that's the testament to all the incredible work I've been doing on my nervous system now across the past two years. So the next question is, I always find this is a bit of a funny one. So I didn't um, didn't go into this one actually in too much depth when I was doing my journaling. But question number five, what did you hate? And I think if you're someone moving through a chronic illness experience, you could probably have a laundry list here. And I just jotted down crashes, flares, headaches, limitations, having to choose, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? Because I don't have enough energy to do both. Um, But even all of these things, they all bring their lessons. And things like, for example, crashes, flares, headaches, the limitations. As time goes on for me, you know, there's so much less and the the, the frequency and intensity of all of these things has just got less and less over time. But even when I experience them mildly now in comparison to how I used to experience them before, it's still annoying. <laughs> Nobody enjoys it, right? Um, but it is also part of the healing process. It's how we learn and grow. So question number six, what was challenging? So here, this is what was challenging, but this is actually circling back to something I mentioned when I talked about my accomplishments. There were two very challenging situations I had in my business, um, which were also massive growth opportunities for me. And one of them was facing my fear of failure. I launched a program in my business that just was a complete flop or a 99% flop, shall we say. And it was um, very, very difficult for me to come to terms with that because as somebody who's always put things out and experienced varying degrees of success, it was very, it was a very new experience for me to experience something that just didn't work out. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I can reflect back now on, you know, what it was, why it didn't work, 
what we've now done and created instead, which is the Nurturing Resilience Program and how well that is working in comparison. So in hindsight, I can see that was something that was happening for me. But for me, somebody who's always always been quite an achiever, has a very strong internal achiever, likes to get things right, likes to achieve, likes to be successful. Experiencing the opposite of that is very hard. And it was a very, very low point in my year. And um, moving through it wasn't easy. And I did a lot of somatic work around it. But to come out the other side of it means that now I don't have that fear of failure anymore. It means that I've, I've been the, the worst thing that could have happened happened and it was fine. So that's made me stronger. And it reminded me of an experience I had um, pre-CFS when I was working with a different business coach who lived in San Diego. And every, like twice a year, we would fly out to San Diego to do a little mastermind event. So all the other business owners would get together and we would do some learning and we would do some physical challenges. And it was just like a nice long weekend. And one of the things we did was a rope obstacle course. So you're sort of in a kind of a little bit like go ape, but you're in a harness and you'd have to complete this obstacle course working together as a team. And I really don't like hype. And there was one of the bits we had to do, two of the team members had to be blindfolded, completing an obstacle course at height. And um, the other team members were then responsible for guiding the blind people. And I leant into that fear and I said, I, I'm the one, I'll, I'll volunteer myself to be blindfolded. And on the very first step, it was kind of like a whole, we had to step across um, like a bridge of little logs. So stepping from one log to the next log to the next log. And these logs obviously suspended in the air with gaps between and you can fall through. Obviously a harness is going to catch you, but when you're afraid of heights, you don't care. You still don't want to fall, even if the harness is going to catch you. And on the very first step I missed and I fell and the harness caught me. And it was the most brilliant thing that could have happened because the worst thing had happened and I was okay. And then the rest of the obstacle course was easy. And so I liken that very physical, tangible experience to the emotional experience of failure within my business. And so even though it was a challenge, it was a very powerful lesson, a very powerful way for me to do some work on my nervous system, which was triggered by the experience. It was an opportunity for me to work through some of those patterns, beliefs, and ways of thinking. There was also another experience, um, which I think is really important for me to share, mostly because I don't want to share it. And so um, there was also a client I was working with and she chose for reasons which were valid and meaningful to her to discontinue our relationship and she had requested a refund for some of the time that we had um, she had already paid for the remaining time that she had paid for of us working together and obviously when somebody says actually this isn't working for me I would rather be doing this may I have my money back it's very easy to take it personally and there was definitely a big part of me that did take it personally because I wouldn't be human if that wasn't the case. 
But it was also an opportunity for us both, I guess, to grow and heal, her to grow and heal because she was really asking for what she needed. And often in chronic illness, we deny our needs and we people please and we just go along with things. And for her to actually go, you know what, this is not what I need, was a very important um, healing request from her. And then to be met with someone who was willing to listen and understand and converse and validate, um, that was also very healing as well, I think, for both of us, for me to be able to be that person and for her to be able to ask for her needs and have them validated and met. So again, very challenging situation to be in for me because of how how much my work means to me and one and taking it so personally, but also a very healing experience for both of us. So those were the challenges. Question number seven, what do you not want to happen again? And so when I thought about this question, I was like, well, of course it would be nice if nothing bad ever happened again and everything was good and easy. But I also know that life doesn't work like that. And from some of the challenges that I've expressed already to you is that um, I can see everything that's happened has happened for me. I can really appreciate the lessons, the learnings, the growth, the expansion, the building of my capacity from everything that's happened. So I just trust that if any of these challenges were to happen again, this would be for a reason. And those reasons might be that I need to be redirected in my business. There may be more things that I need to learn. I maybe need to, need to redirect myself and my own health and healing. I might just be, be, I might just need to be reminded to take better care of myself or to honor myself more or to really connect back to my own needs, wants and desires. So. To a certain extent, there isn't anything that I don't want to happen again, because I know if things happen, they happen for me, not to me. So we've just got three more questions. Um, question number eight was, what did you learn? And I think I've kind of already covered this through some of the dialogue around other answers, but I feel like I've learned so much about my own nervous system and the nervous system of others. And I also feel like I'm slowly building my ability to trust life. For a very big part of my life, I felt like I always needed to control life, control the outcomes, control myself, control how fast things would happen, control the things, or should I say, be in control of certain things so that experiences that I didn't want to happen didn't happen and these were all forms of self-protection just trying to protect myself and keep myself safe but now I'm slowly able just to lean back a little bit and you know when you've had the ground ripped out from underneath your feet with a chronic health condition it's really hard to start to let go and let go of some of the hypervigilance that's in your system but I'm slowly feeling safer to lean back and just trust that everything will be okay as I move through life. And um, that's still something I feel like it needs a little bit of work and it's quite profound for me as well. But that's what I, one of the things I feel I'm learning as I move through this year and into next. So then there are just a couple more questions. Um, the ninth question is, 
what decisions did you make which were important or empowering? And so here, just very briefly, I think one of the big decisions which has shaped my year significantly was investing in long-term mentorship. So I mentioned I invested in my business coach, Sophie. We initially agreed to a six-month time frame. I knew at the end of that six months, we would need more time because I knew for what I wanted to build and taking the time and the patience to build things slowly and sustainable so that I was looking after myself and um, the business is also looking after me. It was going to take time. So at the end of that six months, I moved over to like a monthly rolling support plan with her, which has been um, you know, sixth month. And I know that that's just going to keep on rolling for the foreseeable future because I really value the monthly reminders, check-ins, accountability, support, and um, all the things I get from that relationship. Another big decision which I made was to test myself for mold. I should have tested myself so long ago, but I waited this long. And I guess I, it was the one thing that really help to give me a leg up in my healing recovery. But there are also lots of micro decisions I think I've made. Some of the most empowering decisions are just the decisions I make day to day. Decisions to slow down, to give myself space, to be gentle, to step back, to take the pressure off, the confidence to actually expand a little bit more, to go to the gym, to go for that hike, to do things that are a little bit out of my comfort zone within reason. So I think so much of this year has been built on the micro daily decisions instead of like the big, massive decisions, although there were a couple of big decisions as well, which were very shaping for the year. Then finally, question 10 is what do you want from next year or what decisions might you make as you move into the new year? And this year, uh, so this year coming, is really about seeing and reaping the benefits of less is more. So across this past year, I've been trying to simplify things, simplify my business, streamline my business, simplify my life, streamline my life, just make things more simple and take the time to build the strong foundations. And so coming into this next year, this is what I would often refer to with clients as the chop wood, carry water stage of change. It's nothing new, but it's just the consistency, the repetition, the habit building, the constant, the constancy. I don't know if that's the word, just constantly showing up again and again to do the work, to do the work, to do the work, to do the work. And that's really what I see my 2023 is all about. Actually, yesterday I had a call with Sophie and we just mapped out everything for my business for 2023. And it's not complicated. It's pretty straightforward, but it's all just about building on the foundations that we've already created. And also with having more simplicity, with having more ease, with, with having less is more, I then just want to think about how I use that space intentionally. And really here, if I think about how I want to fill space, it's about just taking the time for me, that walk on the beach, that swim in the sea, more hiking, building community, building connections and relationships, because I know my chronic illness experience has been quite isolating socially and also with lockdown, it 
At the same time, that's also been quite isolating. And in addition to that, I think I felt quite isolated before I became unwell anyway. I was living in a new town, working from home. There's not a lot of opportunity to really build community. So that's something I want to continue to um, nurture. And then finally, just stability. Um, I really want stability in my business, stability in my finances, stability in my health, and just stability in my life. And I'm okay. It's okay for me for things to happen slowly. Pre my chronic fatigue experience, I wanted everything to happen yesterday already. And I'm learning that patience. I am embedding and embodying patience within my nervous system. And, um, and that feels good and it feels very nourishing. So I hope you have enjoyed my little reflections. If you would um, like to do these reflections for yourself, you can pop the, well, you can pop into the show notes and just get the questions and then just make yourself a nice warm drink and um, come into a nice cozy space, get a notebook, a pen and paper, and let me know. You can reach out on social media if you like, and just let me know how it went for you. Have a wonderful fatigue recovery day and a very happy new year.